Hey, good morning. Good morning, folks. Good to uh, be on again for another Wealth Coffee chat here. Got the nice coffee uh, on a little bit later this morning, but um, better late than never, as they say. While the old live stream uh, is warming up and a few people jump on, I'll just quickly do the intros as I always do. For those who are returning, usually we have a few regulars. Welcome back to you guys. Hopefully you caught the mentoring last night, uh, all about uh, owning and buying property in our super, which was uh, which was uh, excellent. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Good to see you, mate. Uh, you're there nice and early, which is always great. James, good to see you. We've got a bunch on now. Hey, listen, if you're new, uh, this lady's not new. She's been around since the beginning. Love of my life. Um, uh, Julian, good to see you, mate. Hope things are well in your neck of the woods. Um, but uh, if you're new, if anyone's new, give us a shout out in the chat. Oh, there you go, Laura. Hey, all the way from Newcastle. Hey, Laura. Laura's one of the most awesome coaches that you'll ever find when it comes to building your property portfolio. She's out of Newcastle. Good to see you, Laura. Hey, Stu's there. Andrew as well. Good to see everyone jumping on. Yasmin, great to see. Uh, there we go. Oh, there's new. Uh, Nick, he's new to the chats. Hey, thanks for joining us, Nick. Great to see you, mate. Um, and uh, we've got uh, someone uh, is a bit of a fan, Amy, the A to NZ. She's, uh, she's a bit of a fan. But, hey, listen, um, quick intros, like I said, if you're new, Jason Witten's my name. You can see that somewhere in the chat here, right there. Um, and... Um, um, been property investing over 20 years uh, across Australia and New Zealand, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand also. And today we've got a bit of a special treat. Um, we're going to hear from Sue Irons, uh, extraordinaire from all the way from NZ, the long white cloud, um, and she's going to drop by and have a chat to us about NZ. A couple of you guys have given me a shout out to say, hey, listen, can you talk about New Zealand, whether investing there, whether sort of understanding what's going on there, maybe it's a uh, um, uh, maybe there's some things we can learn, whatever that might be. So before um, I rabbit on for too long and and uh, and uh, get uh, too long into the chat this morning, I'm just going to bring Sue into the chat with me and so we can get on and have a bit of a yarn about New Zealand. So if you've got any questions about NZ, um, chuck them in the chat. And if you don't, uh, Sue and I will wax a bit of lyrical anyway. And uh, hopefully it'll be interesting as we go. So Alison's got a... Uh, a house in uh, Christchurch. So there you go. Maybe um, there's some uh, opportunity to talk about those sorts of things. So, um, hey, welcome, Sue. Good morning. I hope you can all understand the Kiwi accent. I'll, I'll, speak, <laughs> I'll speak slowly for you. Uh, thanks, Sue. You're a good sport. <laughs> so Sue and I have known us, uh, each other and been in business together uh, over a decade, um, maybe even 15 years we've known each other, Sue. Yeah, it would be at least 15, yeah. Time, yeah, flies. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so listen, um, so we've had a few questions about investing, Aussies investing in New Zealand. Um, maybe you could just speak to that for a, you know, a minute or two. Um, I, I know I've invested in New Zealand and you know, found some differences there, but um, maybe a bit of a high-level uh, high um, chat about uh, you know, maybe the differences if someone wants to, you know, what to expect, those sorts of things. Sure. And look, I think clearly there are some differences. We're a much smaller country and, you know, much smaller population and comparatively house prices are quite a lot more expensive here than what you're used to. So yeah. I think a lot of Aussies sort of, 
you know, look at that and sort of gulp a little bit about what you get for your money here in comparison. But, you know, markets driven by those same fundamentals, population, infrastructure, et cetera. It's just so much more condensed. And so we sit here, sit with that same strategy, our safe cities, but there's just less of them. So, you know, we're looking at Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch as our core places. And then we still look at Tauranga, Hamilton and potentially Queenstown. Um, but like you in Australia, we don't look at every market all the time. It's just what's happening. But, you know, we have enjoyed very much like you guys, massive capital growth of late, and it's still going. Even though that's slowed down, it's still going. And, you know, it's never sustainable to expect, you know, 20 and 30% capital growth year on year, but we've just had a massive surge. And, you know, all the same reasons for you, like lack of massive shortage here, lack of supply. So the whole supply and demand thing is completely out of whack. Yeah. You know, COVID has, depending on what side of the fence you're looking, sitting on, is sort of a good or a bad thing. But now we've got issues where, um, you know, building materials are going up. We can't build the houses fast enough. We don't have the people to build them and we can't get the materials. So if you're sitting on a portfolio that's increasing in value, you see that as a good thing. Mm. And then people go, oh, but now I've missed the boat and it's too late to buy. And we did a workshop here in NZ last night. And you know, it's interesting. We went. I ran some figures last night, so I'd love to tell you that I just have these figures on the top of my head all the time. But I actually, <laughs> did this last night. So we went. We just sort of jumped back fourteen years to two thousand and seven DFC. I'm sure you'll remember that. I do remember it uh, not so fondly. <laughs> not so fondly, you know. But that's fourteen years ago, and yes. at that point, the sky was falling, the world was over, and we might as well just all crawl into our holes, right? And, and that was obviously a global thing, and it wasn't just property. It was, you know, across the board. Since then in New Zealand, we've had 20 different changes to legislation and tax. and, and tw- those. So the GFC affected everybody, but the other yeah. 19 things all affected property investors. <laughs> and, and so there's, if there's one consistent thing in NZ. It's the constant changes around our rules. We've had six different changes to LVR rules. And, and then there's a whole lot of other things going on at the moment. And so I can imagine that some of the Aussie investors might look at that and go, oh, it's all too hard. Like, we don't understand that. It's not as easy as it is here in, or p- perceived to be here in Australia. But, you know, we looked at that and go, okay, so 20 changes that have affected investors in the last 14 years, some of them more significant than others. But, you know, as night follows day, property values have gone up. And I just did this two minutes before I jumped on with you this morning. Average house price in New Zealand in 2007 was 202000 That's average. Obviously, some of them were a whole lot cheaper down in the boondocks. Yes. Um, but the, even the highest price then was like three fifty. And as of today, the average house price is seven fifty. That is oh. a two, 270% increase in values in that 14 years. Yeah, and that, wow. was, that was even though we had all these things. And, you know, a lot of our clients are going, oh, well, we've missed the boat now. Well, you could have said that in 2007 and look what you'd have missed out on. And even I was speaking to somebody who sold a property in December, so it's only six months ago, and that property has gone up by 100K in the last six months. They, if they just hadn't been so nervous, they'd have been 100K better off. Now, yeah. you, all, you all know that the market doesn't go like that forever, It's but when you map it out, as you know, on a – if you take a short period of time and put it on a graph and stretch it out, it looks really volatile. But when you put, say, 14 years together on a slide, you go, well, actually, you can look at every little bump and go, well, that was the GFC and that was the LVR and that was this and that was that. But it kept going. And so I'm a bit evangelical, I guess, about the fact that, you know what, the world keeps turning. And as I said to our Kiwi clients last night, until somebody can find a better asset class, 
And the thing is that in particular right now, there's been all these changes in NZ, but, you know, praise the Lord, brand new investment property is exempt from all of them. Yeah. So we still get total interest deductibility on brand new stock. We still get 80% LVRs, so or 20% deposit. Some of the banks are now looking at 90% LVRs for brand new, where it's 40 for secondhand stock. We still get a depreciation. So through all of that, that brand new stock that we would have endorsed anyway is actually still the right thing to buy. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, ASB's just come out recently with new build, and that includes off the plan, offering 1.79% interest rates. Like, <laughs> oh. It's like 1.79. Like, oh, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. Now, that's a that's a variable rate, right? So it could go up, it could go down, right? But 1.79, and people are talking about cash flow. Like, really, this is ridiculous. Like, that's so – I don't know what your current interest rates are, but that's awesome, you know? But certainly not that low, Sue. And I think it's it's really um, an interesting conversation in around that space. Like, you know, the supply and demand for you guys is really, you know, has been constricting for, you know, over a decade. It's sort of just mm-hmm. – you know, gotten worse and worse, and um, certainly, you know, the interest rates have gotten low in both countries. Uh, and you know, we talk about that sort of yield compression all the time—the difference mm-hmm. between what the cost is and what your rents are. You know, and arguably, what the rents are still four to five, maybe even six percent in some areas. You look, they are softening or de- decreasing in the main centres because our, the thing is, as you know, there's a lag between rents and prices. So we've had yeah. this massive growth in price and we haven't seen the rental yield come up. Yeah. So we see the yields are softer than that. Say Central Auckland, we're sitting three, four at best. But there's a couple of reasons. Say Central Auckland is a bit of a mini market. We had the whole America's Cup. And you might remember that boat race that we won, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so. We had a whole lot of international people here for quite a long time taking all that accommodation. So when they all left, then we've seen a bit of a, a slush, uh, you know, in rental stock there. So we've seen yes. that market a bit soft. But it depends where you are, like Wellington Central, different market altogether. So, yep. um, yeah, look, the rents are a little bit softer, but, you know, it's all relative. Back in the day, we used to all talk about a 10% yield, yeah? But and I say to people, but what's that based on? We were paying fifteen percent interest rates. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're making more cash flow now than we were back then. To be honest, yeah. you know? so yeah. I, I still struggle a little bit when I go, oh, it's a four percent yield, and I have to remind myself my interest rates less than two. <laughs> so it's it's very relative, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a couple of little questions here coming through in the chat, so I'll just chuck sure. them up, and we can just have a bit of a yarn about them. Um, you know, Alison was talking about, you know. You know earthquakes, and but but you know maybe the bigger question there is like, you know, how did um, Christchurch, you know, go after the earthquake? And you know, you know, as a property investor, I know there was a lot of stuff in Wellington as well. You and I chatted about that often. Um, you know, how did the country and the property investment community work that out? Great question. And look, we even get Kiwis still worrying about that today. So the Christchurch earthquakes, what over ten years ago now, mm. or rough, roughly ten years ago. Um, decimated our city, obviously. Probably the best thing that ever happened from up. We had some pretty, if I can use the word, because I know you Australians are very PC, (laughs) some pretty (laughs) shitty stock. So the the old decrepit stock got bold or knocked down, and so this whole half of our city is actually now just green paddocks and trees, which is all very nice, and the rest of the city just all moved to the east or west, as the case may be. Um, So it was a good thing, and it cleared out some bad stock. It's also been a massive change to our building code, and so like the house that I'm sitting in now, the amount of money that's gone onto these foundations, nothing is going to break this house. (laughs) But if it does, the technology around how they come in and pump that up, like I'm not an expert in that, but it's quite clever. So 
our building code has changed. Um, and this is what happened in Wellington. They identified that so many buildings weren't at code. So overall, I think the quality and the building construction of New Zealand stock has improved dramatically since then because it's had to. Yes. Oh, but what if the big one happens? Well, if the big one happens, probably none of us will be here to worry about it. But other than that, that's why you have insurance. So, and, you know, I saw, I guess, two examples here back in the day with the Christchurch earthquakes. There are a lot of investors that did lose their shirts off their backs and did go down financially because of that. But it wasn't because of the earthquakes, because they weren't insured properly. Yeah. You know, like you could argue, well, the act of God was uncontrollable, but you could have planned for that with your insurance. Um, And it's not about, you know, if you've got no loss of rent insurance and, you know, you you can't rent your house out because it's broken, your tenants have moved out, but you still have to pay your mortgage. Like, Never was there a better time to highlight the importance of that. So those that were adequately insured survived. Um, yep. Those that weren't didn't. And it's like, well, you know, I don't feel over a huge amount of sympathy for that, to be fair. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, um, you know, we've been in this uh, this game, you know, helping people build their portfolios, you know, 20 plus years um, in our respective careers. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's some real basics that you've got to sort of, you know, always abide by you know get your insurances done yeah. make sure you got your buffers in place you know and and also how you buy and own them you mm-hmm. know don't don't bet the farm don't have uh, everyone in on the loans if you don't need to and structuring oh. and stuff like that's important you know yeah like you don't want that domino effect and i know you guys teach that as well so we're yeah. very much you know, ring fencing and i use that word in a non-tax way uh, ring fencing those assets away from your home so that you don't get that domino effect so yeah you know for a lot of people uh did very well out of the earthquakes because they did get paid out on values that were higher than real values i guess so I guess it depends on what side of the centre fence you sit on. But for people buying now, if you're buying new stock, it's at these high levels of building code. All of those things are dealt with. To me, it's like it's no longer an issue. We still yeah. hear people mention it, but it's really, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's an issue. Yeah, and it probably just points to the idea, Sue, that, you know, uh, if, you do, uh, if you're concerned about those things, don't buy an old property. And, you know, we're, yeah. we're the same. You know, we, we teach it all the time, like, you know, don't buy a bloody 40-year-old property that when you retire is going to be 60 years old or 70 years old. It, like it doesn't make any sense, you know, the, yeah. the building code 70 years ago, you know, compared to now, you know, completely different. So, but, yeah. you know, even if that wasn't a concern, you know, brand new stock's going to get your depreciation and your higher lending and healthy homes compliance and all of those, and interest deductibility, which is the key one, whereas your old stock's not. So there's sort of no reason to buy a second-hand stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, whether – you know, you, you and I sort of, you know, get uh, very passionate about these conversations where government mess with our mess with our world. But um, you know, at the end of the day, both the Australian government and the New Zealand government know that the only way to bring new property to market is incentivise investors to help do that because the government can't afford to. So you know, that's um, you know, that's uh, obviously what's happening in New Zealand, and the same is happening in Australia right now. You know, for the, all the Aussies listening in, we could we could take a potential lesson from New Zealand and, you know, the idea people go, oh, you know, will this will this uh, little bit of a run in Australia last? Well, for the moment, gang, our supply chain is, you know, is the worst we've seen um, mm-hmm. over a decade in Australia right now. And, and, you know, like what's happening with Sue and, and the team in New Zealand, probably, uh, construction prices are going up, material prices are going up. It's the same in um, Australia, so you know we can we can sort of have a look and take a few lessons from there as well. 
couple of questions about sort of lending and, and how much you might need to invest. I yeah. certainly, I certainly, and this question, whoever that's from, um, is like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm very keen to uh, jump on the next Queenstown deal. But what would it take to borrow, and how much would someone need, you know, as an Aussie to buy? Yeah. So yes, so you know, obviously the Australian, sorry, New Zealand Bank, NZ Bank will lend on NZ stock. You'll need to bring your deposit from offshore or from uh, Aussie. Eighty yeah. percent uh, lending, so twenty percent deposit will still work. So Kiwis might get a bit of an advantage there, but you guys will still get. Uh, 80, I believe, on new stock. Yep. Um, what was the other question? So what sort of deposit, 20%, as I talked about, will they lend to you on this asset? Yes, they will. Obviously, you're going to jump through some hoops, but no more than we jump through. Like it's a bit of a circus act here getting lending right now with the responsible lending code and one thing and another. But yep. I guess it's no different for you. Um, at Queenstown, everybody has this romantic notion about Queenstown, <laughs> don't they? Uh, what happened in Queenstown? How's, yeah. how's COVID affected Queenstown? We all want to know. <laughs> well, yeah, so actually, Queenstown's actually, so I have a home down in Wanaka, which is just over the hill from Queenstown. You know, Queenstown was really hard hit with uh, COVID, obviously, black COVID, um, obviously because everybody left home and rents dropped and what have you. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's bounced back because that's probably a little bit over-enthusiastic, but it's humming along. It's all right. I was, I've been down there a lot recently. The amount of new building down there is phenomenal. Like, And in Wanaka, for example, like every time you turn around, there's another 100 houses. It's just crazy. Uh, the tradespeople are flat out. You can't get accommodation or for, you know, starting to get back to that, it's starting to get expensive. Yeah. Um, talking to the owner of the Miser 10 down there, they can't get staff. Like nobody, you know, like it's just there's not enough people to fill the vacancies. Um, so it's starting to shift, and there's certainly heaps of building going on. So we, yes, uh, I can't speak without a listing agreement in place, obviously, but um, we have got some stuff in the pipeline for Queenstown. So watch the space and that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, with your team on that. So yeah. you know, Queenstown's always going to have this romantic notion from both Kiwis and everyone overseas about having a piece of property there. So. Again, as I said, you know, we talk about that long-term gain. It goes up and down, but Queenstown's always run ahead, so. Yeah. And one of the complicated ones, Sue, and, you know, um, you know, a few people get quite excited. Well, certainly back in the good old days when, you know, um, New Zealand had a really simple, you know, hey, you don't pay capital gains tax and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but can you just sort of maybe, you know, without spending yeah. the next two hours together <laughs> because yeah. it's complicated, is no, there a I, simple... It's, <laughs> It's really simple for new stock. So we don't have a capital gains tax per se, but we do. It's called the Bright Line Rules. And for brand new stock, it's five years. So if you sell it prior to the five years of ownership, then you will be taxed on gain. Okay. After five years, it's tax-free. And important to note, if you're buying off the plan, the clock starts ticking from the day you sign the contract. Well, that's so right. let's say it's a 12 to 18-month build. By the time you settle, you've already banked 18 months of time before that bright line kicks in. So five years and you're tax-free. Yep. And then, you know, uh, certainly from my experience as well, uh, Laura's asking about tax implications. Depending mm -hmm. on how you own it, depending on how you're structured, it may depend, Laura and or anyone else listening in, that um, you may need to declare a gain made in New Zealand if you're an Australian resident in your yep. Um, in your Australian world, so you 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 don't pay double tax, like you don't pay tax in New Zealand and tax in Australia. However, Laura, um, uh, unless you've got the right advice and the right structure, you may need to declare that in Australia. Um, but um, yeah, 
There you go. Yeah, okay, no, I know for Kiwis investing in Australia, it's the same thing. We declare, we get a credit, but come, it, it crosses over. Yes. So we pay tax here and then we get a credit back here. But there's a few yeah. tricky things that go on in that space, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sue, so, um, it's been great to hang out this morning. And uh, I know we could uh, probably chat for another half hour or hour at least. Um, there's plenty of uh, other questions as well. But, um, folks, if, you, uh, if you're ever interested in, in, uh, in investing in New Zealand, we do have, you know, uh, an amazing team um, over there led by Sue uh, with Positive Real Estate. And she runs the, the whole uh, show with um, a bunch of coaches out of NZ as well. So, you know, uh, if you want to connect with those guys, uh, track them down at positiverealestate.co.nz. And, um, you know, um, we all have the ability to support each other both ways across the ditch. If New Zealanders want to invest in Australia, the Australian team help out. And if Australians uh, want to invest in New Zealand, the New Zealand team help out. So, folks, um, but Sue, hey, be awesome to chat with you. Thanks for popping by and being on uh, Wealth Coffee Chats this morning, um, uh, the, 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 the Wealth Coffee Chat uh, done and dusted. Awesome. Thanks very much, Jason. Bye, everyone. Cheers, Sue. Well, there you go, folks. Um, uh, that was that was great. I think uh, we might need to uh, do that a bit more often. And uh, I think there's plenty more to talk about uh, about NZ and uh, and uh, potentially buying something in Queenstown. I know, uh, I know, uh, I'm keeping my eye out for that one for me. But uh, I know potentially a few other people might be as well. But that's it. Coffee and a chat done and dusted, uh, gang. Um, you guys have a great. What is it today? Tuesday. I'm feeling a bit disorientated. Great Tuesday, rest of your Tuesday. Join me tomorrow for another Wealth Coffee Chat around about the same time, 8 a.m. And as always, if you've got any questions, chuck them in the chat. I'll, I'll find them a bit later on today and um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get on to it. We'll have a yarn about those. All right, gang, take care and uh, bye and see you tomorrow. 